This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Have a jazz question that needs answering? Well, then give us a call on our podcast questions hotline at 910-LJS-CAST. That's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question and you may just hear it answered on a future LJS podcast episode. That's 910-LJS-CAST. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the LJS Podcast. This is the podcast where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. So I want to welcome you, whether it's your first time listening or whether it's your second, third, fourth, fifth time, if you're a regular listener. Uh, welcome to those listening from our home base on LearnJazzStandards.com. That's our parent site and those listening all around the world, whether it's from iTunes, YouTube, or whatever podcast listening service that you prefer. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. And on today's episode 49, I'm going to be talking about three ways practicing in all 12 keys will make you a better jazz musician. Now, I've talked about practicing in all 12 keys uh, throughout the history of this podcast uh, on our blog uh, at learnjazzstandards.com, uh, always suggesting that as a, as, an, as a practice to apply to your playing, but I've never really spent a lot of time talking exactly why you should do it, how you should do it. So today's all about that, how practicing in all 12 keys can make you a better jazz musician. And in addition to... Uh, talking about that today, I'm also going to give you a challenge at the end of this podcast episode. So stay tuned to the end. I want you to take this challenge. I'm going to be joining you in taking this challenge this week. And then in next week's podcast episode, in in episode 50, uh, I'm going to report to you how it went for me. And I'd love to hear from you how your challenge went as well. So stay tuned to the end. Now, if you're listening on iTunes, just want to ask a special request from you. Go ahead and and go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. That would help us uh, in our podcast and help others find the podcast. Every little bit helps. So if you could leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. Okay, now this is going to be the third week of, of a new segment that we've started on the LJS podcast called Ask LJS. Now, what Ask LJS is, is is listeners like you can call into our podcast questions hotline, leave a voicemail with a jazz question, and that question may get answered on a future LJS podcast episode. And we've had lots of people participate so far, and we want to hear your questions. So if, if you want to call our podcast questions hotline, call 910 910- LJS cast, or that's 910-557-2278. If I don't know the answer to the question, I will find someone 
that does. And there's no such thing as a bad question. Uh, you may be answering someone else's question. So always feel free to call the hotline, leave a voicemail with your question. But this week we have a great question from a listener. Here it is. Hey, this is Brett from New York. Uh, I am just calling to get your thoughts on what some good methods might be to develop good language for jazz comping. Um, yeah, looking forward to hearing what your suggestions might be. Hey, Brett from New York. Thanks so much for calling the podcast hotline and great question. You know, comping is a really big subject to cover. Uh, so uh, we're actually going to be having a special guest on the show coming up to talk about comping in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. Keep listening to the podcast. Uh, we will have more information, a whole episode dedicated to talking about accompaniment and comping and all that stuff. Um, but for now, I'm not exactly sure what instrument you play, whether it's, you know, a lot of times when you talk about comping, uh, that's for guitar players or piano players or maybe vibraphone players, those who are playing chords and often accompanying singers and other instrumentalists, uh, usually that terminology comping is used. So in my mind, there's kind of two things you need to worry about when you're trying to learn uh, comping and getting better at that whole thing. And, and the first one is just knowing the fundamentals of your instrument, right? Like you have to be able to construct chords. Like if you're a piano player, you need to know how to construct chords, know different voicings, know how to move around on your instrument. And that's where having a teacher uh, can be really helpful so that you can learn all those voicings, the technicalities of your instrument. So that's kind of always, uh, whenever we're talking about anything that, that requires some skill in music, the, the technical side is always important. The fundamentals, you need to be able to do that. But whenever we're talking about learning any kind of jazz language, we go straight to the recordings. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Whenever we're talking about learning any kind of jazz language, go straight to the recording. So the first thing is just listening, not even mimicking yet, just listening. You know, listen to some of your favorite compers. What are they doing rhythmically and what are they doing with their voice leading? How are they responding to what the soloist or the uh, the singer or the, the, the instrument playing the melody is doing? You know, you want to listen to those things. You know, I know that Wynton Kelly is a comper that I really like to listen to and I've always listened, you know, what is he doing over different songs. I know Someday My Prince Will Come uh, from, from Miles' album, Someday My Prince Will Come. I always love listening to the way Wynton Kelly comps for people on that album. I just think it's really interesting rhythmically what he's doing um, and harmonically what he's doing, just moving and, and pushing the music forward. So listening is number one when you're learning jazz language before you even touch your instrument. Now, I used to have a teacher that one of the things you'd have me do every week was specifically because I'm, I'm a guitar player. And so specifically what he'd have me do is he'd have me come back and I'd have to show him one new little voice leading thing I learned or uh, chordal idea that I learned from a recording. So every week I'd go on this quest to listen to recordings and try to pick out one thing that I liked uh, chordally comping wise that I heard from a guitar player I liked or even a piano player it didn't have to be guitar and I'd go back and I'd show him what I had done uh, and so that's something that I would really highly recommend that you do is listen and try to figure out something like maybe over a two five one chord progression or some little idea that you like and really sit down and try to figure out what that player is doing so Mimicking the players is always an important thing to do. It's not much different than learning a solo. It's uh, really the same thing, sitting down and trying to figure out what they're doing 
and trying to copy it. So I would highly suggest that. Pretty simple. You know, make sure you got the technicalities of your instrument down with comping. Listen lots and lots and lots. That will really help. And then start mimicking. You know, start picking out little things that your favorite compers are doing. Again, we're going to have a whole episode on this coming up, so definitely stay tuned for that. And now if you'd like to join Brett in asking a question on the LGS podcast, remember to call our hotline. It's 910-LGS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. All right, and now on to our main event, our main topic. Three ways practicing in all 12 keys will make you a better jazz musician. Here we go. All right, so I went over to a friend's house the other day uh, to jam. We, we haven't played in a long time, and actually we haven't seen each other in a long time. We were really good college buddies, still good friends today, but you know, life being busy uh, has gotten in the way. And so he invited me over to, to jam, have a few beers, and I said, okay, sounds like a great idea. So I brought my instrument over, uh, took the long trek from my place in Queens in New York and up to his place in Harlem in Manhattan. And so we began to play and have a good time. And suddenly he decides to call the tune Stella by Starlight. Now, you may be familiar with that song. It's a fairly difficult, uh, harmonically complex song, but it's pretty standard. It's pretty well-known, well-called standard Stella by Starlight. Uh, And so he started playing it. And I realized that we weren't playing in the same key together. And I said, oh, hold on one second. What, what key are you playing this in? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm playing in E-flat. E because apparently he'd been playing with a singer who does the song in E-flat. Uh, well, <laughs> this was a whirlwind for me because I was like, well, that's a difficult key to play that song in. I, I'd have to think about it. And he's like, oh, no, no, let's play it in the original key. That's fine. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's... <laughs> Let's try this. I actually really wanted to try this, playing Stella by Starlight in the key of E flat. And so it took me a second to like think about it and figure it out. Uh, but we ended up playing Stella by Starlight in the key of E flat. And it was truly a great experience for me. It really made me think. It really made me use my ear. It challenged me. Practicing in other keys is an incredibly great practice for your musicianship. It's an incredibly great practice for your jazz playing. So that's what I'm talking about today is practicing in all 12 keys, different musical ideas and different subject matter and how it can really help you improve as a jazz musician. I really want you to do this. And I'm going to go over three ways practicing in all 12 keys will make you a better jazz musician. But as I'm listing these three, I want to acknowledge a question that you're probably asking right now, which is why all 12? Why not just several other keys? Why not? Why any other keys at all? You know, why go through all that work, all that effort, all that time? What results is it actually going to get me? So know that I'm thinking that you're asking that question as I'm listing these three and that I'm going to be answering that question as I list these three different ways. So number one, okay, number one is improve your ear. It's going to improve your ear is number one. Now, ear training, when we talk about jazz improvisation, is incredibly important, right? It's just so central to the idea of improvising. You have to have a good ear. You have to be able to hear 
where musical ideas are going. You have to be able to take what you're hearing in your head and translate it to your instrument. You have to be able to respond to something a other band member has played and you know riff off of that idea. There's so many ways that you have to have a great ear in jazz and it's very challenging. So all the time on this podcast, we're talking about ways to improve your ear, how you can uh, improve your ear so that you can become a better jazz improviser. In fact, we even dedicated a whole episode of this podcast on that. That's episode 31, Ear Training for Jazz Musicians. So if you'd like, go back to that episode, take a listen to that. Uh, by the way, you can find all of our podcast episodes by going to learnjazzstandards.com. Go to podcast in the top menu and you can find the episode 31 and as well as you can find the show notes for today's episode episode 49 by going there as well so just so that you know that but we talk about ear training all the time because ear training is central to becoming a better jazz improviser and when you take things into different keys you are challenging your ear you're basically asking your ear to replicate an idea that you may have learned by muscle memory in a certain context in a certain key and now you're forcing it to move it somewhere else and if you listen to really good jazz improvisers you're going to hear this all the time you hear them take uh, an idea and then manipulate it just a little bit for the next chord and keep riffing off that idea or you'll, you'll hear them take an idea and then later take that same idea into a completely different context, completely different set of chords. That's because they have a great ear. They're able to do that. They're able to hear how they can even manipulate that original idea. So practicing in all 12 keys helps you do that. It's basically an exercise. It's exercising that muscle in your brain <laughs> that helps your ear go there, helps your ear go to that different place. So the more you take little ideas or, or even songs or licks into all 12 keys, the more you're exercising that muscle. Okay, so number one is it's going to improve your ear by practicing in all 12 keys. Now, number two, transposing. It's going to help you transpose anything. Now, this can come in handy if you're playing with singers ever. If you're not a singer and you're an instrumentalist like me, uh, especially an accompanist like me, and you ever want to play with a singer, well, you're, it's going to be really come in handy for transposing. So again, it's like exercising this muscle. The more you do it, the more you're just able to transpose automatically much easier. Uh, it also helps you with this transposing thing. It helps you actually analyze what this is all about. So especially in, in the case of learning songs, like taking songs through all 12 keys or song forms through all 12 keys, it helps you actually think uh, by numbers almost, you know, the chorus by number thing, the, the one to the four, back to the one, to the six, to the two, to the five, to the one. That's basically a, a basic blues form. I just kind of said the chords by numbers to. And if you remember my story that I just told you about Stella by Starlight, that's a lot of what I was having to do in that moment. I was allowing my ear to help guide me through that song in many ways. But because that particular song is so harmonically complex, sometimes I really had to think about the numbers. You know, I had to think, okay, now it's going to the four chord. Okay, now it's doing this chromatic half-step up thing, right? I had, to, I had to really think about the numbers analytically, not so much by my ear, but analytically, how that was going to work. You know, technically, where did I need to go thinking chords by numbers? So doing that helps you understand the song that you're learning better, right? If you're able to take that into all 12 keys, think about how well you actually understand that song. Okay, the key word there is understand. It's going to help you transpose by taking things through all 12 keys. Now, again, 
are you going to necessarily play a song in any old key? No, probably you're going to play it in the original key most of the time. I mean, it really depends. Again, if you're playing with a singer, it's more than likely you're going to play it in a different key. But oftentimes you're not going to be playing another key. So why even do that? Well, like I said, it's exercising that muscle. I mean, and if you can play that song in any key, think about how well you must know that song. Okay, so transposing. Really great for transposing helps you really understand analytically how that song works. Hey everybody, just taking a quick break in today's episode to invite you to join our jazz community. If you have never joined our jazz community before, I encourage you to do so. In order to do that, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. You're going to be getting weekly jazz tips and advice from us. You're never going to miss another podcast episode ever again. You're going to stay in the loop with everything that we're doing at Learn Jazz Standards and with the LJS podcast. Now, in addition, you also get a free ebook, a one that we created especially for our subscribers called A Jazz Guide to Practicing, which lets you in on all the secrets we have for practicing and getting the very most out of your practice sessions. So go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter, join our jazz community. All right, number three is it helps you internalize the music that you're learning. It helps you memorize it. Now, whenever you spend a considerable amount of time practicing and working on a piece of music, you want to make sure that you remember it. You want to make sure that it affects your jazz playing. You don't want it to fall on the wayside. You really want to know that well. And in my opinion, there's not much of a better practice for doing that than taking things through all 12 keys. Now, let me explain why. Uh, let's just say you're working on a, a lick. Let's say over a chord progression like a 2-5-1, pretty classic chord progression in jazz everybody should be familiar with. Uh, let's be conservative in saying that it's going to take you about 10 times to truly feel comfortable playing it in that key that you learned it in, okay? Just to make sure you got it under your fingers, uh, on on your instrument, whatever, and, and that you can really get that down well, okay? That's about 10 times to be conservative. Now... If we apply that to all 12 keys, let's say it takes 10 times per key, that's about 120 repetitions at minimum. And that's that's only in one practice session, right? Because that's just taking it through all 12 keys in one practice session. If you did that again a second day, I mean, we're just multiplying that 120, right? Multiple times. So you're basically repeating things over and over and over again. And repetition is key in learning anything, right? If you want to learn a new language, you got to repeat words and ideas and phrases over and over and over again to get it, to get ingrained in your memory, to make it feel natural to you. And that's what you're doing when you're taking things through all 12 keys. Now, in in addition to this, every instrument has its challenging keys. And and also with jazz, there's a lot of uh, key centers that are very common, like B flat, E flat, F, C. Those are very, uh, concert, of course, those are very common key centers that that jazz songs are in that get called in so you, you end up getting comfortable with those keys and when you start taking things into other keys you start getting into some gray areas where maybe because you've practiced in certain keys so often that other keys are more challenging and of course depending on what instrument you play some are more challenging than others um what happens when you take things through all 12 keys uh is you're also 
allowing those keys to not be so foggy. You're you're really practicing those keys and getting those under control. And if you can get those keys that you struggle with under control, that means you're really thinking harder about it and you're really going to get that ingrained in your memory. I was talking about that in the transposition. I was saying trans good for transposing. When you go into these dark keys that you're not really used to and you're working on that, you're thinking harder about it, you're more likely to remember it. You're more likely to understand how the song works. So if you really want to internalize information, learning things in all 12 keys is the way to go. Okay, so here's my challenge for you this week to close up this podcast episode. My challenge for you is to take one lick or one song that you know into all 12 keys. You don't need to learn a new song. You don't need to learn a new lick if you don't want to, but you can. But take that into all 12 keys. And I'm going to do this with you in next week. I'm going to report back, tell you how it went for me. The song that I'm going to take into all 12 keys is My Shining Hour, okay? I I love this song, My Shining Hour. I'm really familiar with this song, and that's why I think it's actually a good choice for me to take into all 12 keys. Uh, Maybe the week after that, I'll do uh, Stella by Starlight. That'd be a great challenge to take into all 12 keys. But I'm gonna do My Shining Hour. That's a song that I'm really familiar with. I'm gonna take it through all 12 keys. And the way I take things through all 12 keys, and this could be helpful for you going into this challenge this week, is I like to cycle through fourths. That's just the way I like to do it. There's no right or wrong way. I just find this way kind of keeps the keys uh, not going chromatically. It kind of switches them up a little bit. So I go through the cycle of fourths, and you can start on any key going through the fourths, but I start on C. So I go C, F, B flat, E flat, A flat, D flat, G flat, B, E, A, D, and G. And I like to do this to organize this if, if I'm doing a seven-day period, which which we are here for this challenge. I basically like to do two keys a day. So for the first six days, I'm doing two keys. So on day one, I'm doing C and F. On day two, I'm doing B flat and E flat and so on and so forth. Now on the seventh day, I like to review all 12 keys, right? Because we've run out of keys after six days if if we're learning two. So on the seventh day, I review all 12 keys. And that just helps me break it apart, helps me not overwhelm uh, my my brain by taking it through. I just helps me really focus on those two keys per day and then review it all on the seventh day. So that's how I do it. So I want you to take this challenge with me. I'm doing my shining hour. You can take a lick. You don't have to do a song, but take this challenge. And I want to hear how you do. So make sure you leave a comment uh, in the comment section on the show notes. Remember, go to learnjazzstandards.com, go to podcast, find this episode 49. I want to hear from you. Take this challenge with me. I'm looking forward to seeing your results. All right, that's all for today's show today. I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me on this episode. And I want to hear your thoughts about this as always. So go to the comment section on the show notes. Leave me a comment. This is a jazz community. Feel free to participate. And uh, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating. Leave us uh, a review. We'd love for that. And that would just help other people find this podcast. Also remember to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. And remember, if you want your jazz question featured on this show, you can do that by 
calling our podcast hotline, which is 910-LJS-CAST, 910-557-2278. Now, next week is our episode 50. We are looming close to our one-year birthday of the LJS podcast. And guess what? I've got a really awesome special episode planned for that and I am so stoked that's about several episodes away so stay tuned keep listening to the show I'll see you next week for episode 50 Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.